0: Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com, click on podcast to learn more, and to become a premium member today. You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy helmet hello those of you watching on youtube can see that i am no more moved in than i was last week there's so much going on guys one of these days I'm going to style the shelves of this cottage. One of these days, I will take you on a tour and I will be so proud. But for now, I am just so tired because we have a lot of paint fumes in our house, a lot of like, I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing. They're skim coating the walls now for the wallpaper. So there's dust everywhere. So I'm leaving the windows open and it is absolutely freezing outside. So I'm in my big polar fleece onesie every night and I leave the windows open because I need some airflow. I am just choking on dust. I wake up sniffly. So I open all the windows and it is like being in a tent. It is like camping. There is all this chirping last night at like 4 a.m. There was like this vicious howling, like some local dog was being eaten by a wolf. I don't even know. But, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Do I close the window and just like breathe in? toxic fumes? Do I open the window and not sleep and listen to the wilderness outside? Now, at least I'm safe and sound inside. And it does feel like I'm in a little treehouse because we're in the middle of the woods. Now that the leaves are gone, I'm starting to see some neighbors, but you couldn't see them before. And they certainly can't, um, you know, it's very private, very private. I take a bath. I don't even close the drapes or blinds. I know, I know, very private nice. Uh, Very different than Westchester where I was on 0.13 acres and my neighbors watched me make dinner, watched me watch bad reality shows. I watched them make dinner. I heard every discussion. I mean, I felt like I was back in Brooklyn, but at least in Brooklyn, we weren't side by side. I was on a corner unit. So um, we just faced a busy street and we were all stacked on top of each other. So we could hear each other, but nobody could really see me in my big polar fleece onesie stomping around why was I talking about all this? Where was I going with this? I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm delirious because I am not sleeping. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's getting back to normal. I can see things improving week by week, slowly but surely. But I'm hanging on by a thread. And I have such compassion. I mean, I've always had empathy for my clients, right? Moving into a new space, living with zillions of boxes, feeling uncomfortable, waiting for a couch for two months, dealing with supply chain delays. I have empathy, but I have empathy on a whole new level now that I am going through it. I am hanging on by a thread and I feel your pain feel your pain so if you're moving if you've just moved if your life is in chaos if you can't you know find where you put your earrings either can I I can't find my jewelry box I don't know like do you call the moving company and say hey I'm obviously missing boxes (sighs) do you just hope you'll find it one day I don't know This is the reality of my life. And so it is so fun to have an escape. My escape being talking to you and answering your design questions. Have you got design questions for me? Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There you can see show notes and pictures of people's spaces that they've shared when they've asked questions. You can send in your very own question. You can support the podcast by becoming a premium member. You can read transcripts of the podcast. There is so much fun stuff on that page. You will not want to miss it. So if you're bored, if you're just... um, you know, are looking for something to fill your time, head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. We've got plenty to keep you busy. Now, your questions are going to keep my, me busy, excuse me, as I reach into my mailbag. Reaching into that mailbag, my first question comes from one of my really special friends. I have a really special friend of over two decades, Mr. Tim in New Mexico, writing all the way from Santa Fe. And he moved long ago and I miss him very much, but I'm glad we can stay connected through interior design in this podcast. So Tim, you know you can always call me with questions, but I also love answering questions on my podcast because I do double duty. I get to talk to my friend and I get to create content for all of you. So let's see if Tim's question can illuminate a situation that you're working on. Tim writes, Hi, Betsy. I have a mid-century home built in 1962 with unusual window sizes, 82 inches wide by 24 inches high for one example. When I purchased this home, I noticed that the blinds are of all different eras and different quality. Some may be as old as the home or near that age. The blinds are metal and yellowing. Others are cheap plastic, and some of the wide windows have two sets of blinds because of the extreme width though some do not, but those are older blinds. There are six of these windows around the house, plus some more normal shapes in the kitchen. I'm thinking of purchasing custom cellular shades that have a light filtering option and a room darkening option for the bedroom, and perhaps just light filtering for the common spaces. The problem is the expense. I'm looking at up to 400 per window. I vaguely remember you saying you don't like cellular shades. Is there something better? Mini blinds seem very popular, but they also seem cheap and well, a thoughtless choice. Like they are the gray sweatpants of blinds. What do you recommend for my windows that are wide and short, or even just wide and a normal height? Help! Attached are photos of the space before I purchased the home. I am still putting finishing touches on this space, so nothing from my time living here is really available. Okay. So I'm very familiar with this space, Tim, because I've given you some advice before and I just loved working on transforming this space because mid-century modern is actually what got me into interior design. I love the Brady Bunch. I always thought I'd live in an MCM home. I have some metal mid-century modern dollhouses and I love to, in my free time, don't judge, go sit over there on my circular table in my cottage and play with the dollhouse. I know, isn't that silly? But I never had a dollhouse as a child and I always wanted a mid-century modern home. And now I have a mid-century modern home. I mean, not really. I live in an antique home, but I have this metal dollhouse and I can live out all of my fantasies and just have a blast rearranging. Can you believe an interior designer in her free time rearranges dollhouses? But at least those darn dolls, they don't talk back. They love all my advice. (laughs) They are living their best life, even though sometimes they get a little dusty. Okay. Anyway, yes, your windows are unusual. And I do think it's a good idea to treat windows in different areas differently. If I need opacity, if I want sort of that blackout feel in the bedroom, then I may need a different type of treatment than I need in, say, the living room where I just want privacy, but I do want that light to come in. So I think that's really smart. And I do think these seven feet long by two feet high windows are certainly a challenge because drapes can look really silly on those, right? Like big old sideburns with a tiny little mustache at the top. I'm not sure, right? But it's just not a great look, even if you love sideburns like I do. Um, So here's the reason I don't like the cellular shades. I don't like the cellular shades. And yes, I have them throughout my house now because they were left over from the previous person, but they do tend to yellow over time and they get quite dusty. And it's hard to get in those honeycomb style pockets to clean out that dust, especially if it was eight feet long. Can you imagine what could accumulate in there? In fact, in mine, you know, I'm in the middle of the forest and there's like some bugs in there, I had to take off all the cellular blinds and shake it out because there's like some dead hoosie what's it's in there. They are just not my favorite. If I can't take a damp cloth and wipe off my blind, I'm really not into it. That being said, you can take a damp cloth and wipe off a mini blind, but I am really not into that. I love a natural woven shade. But that may not be the best solution here because they have a big header, like a Roman blind. And so you're going to lose a lot of that two feet of height with that large header. So for me, that's a no-go. But what I would recommend is a roller blind for these. They'll have a very slim profile at the top. So you could fully engage them and move them all the way up while hardly losing any of that beautiful window light. And they're so lightweight that you can have really long ones without having to separate it into two. I think the roller blind is the absolute way to go for both spaces because they certainly make ones with different opacities. They make roller blinds that can be um, sort of two in one in terms of light filtering, but also opaque depending on the setting. And I just think it's going to be the perfect solution. Now, when I'm selecting a roller blind I don't choose anything pure white because it can look dirty so quickly so I may do like a very pale gray something lighter than the wall color if the wall color is gray or a very pale off-white if the wall color is a little bit deeper than that but the problem with white is it just shows every imperfection. There's absolutely no room for issue. And if you're worried about this investment, then we want to make sure we have a lot of longevity. So I love to get samples of the window treatment. Typically, they'll have some small swatches there. I take it home and I put it through the ringer. In fact, I am looking to get um, a chair and I'm looking to get a dining table and they had samples of the materials and I got a sample of the marble for the dining table. And I literally, the minute I got it in the mail, I took a wet glass and I put it right on top to see if it left any ring, any scarring, and of course it did. And of course, mama don't got time to constantly be sealing her marble. So I will not be getting that table. And when I get the fabric swatches for my massaging recline chair, I know it sounds like it's gonna be hideous, but it actually looks very low profile. And as you know, I need a massage. Um, so when I get those samples from Wayfair, I'm gonna be spilling wine on that performance fabric. I'm gonna be scratching it, I'm gonna be doing all these things that I can anticipate might happen while I'm getting my massage in my chair so I can ensure that it's as durable as I hope it will be so it will be worth that investment. Tim, I hope that helped. You know I'm always here to help and I just love hearing from you. So send me questions. I am here and you are living my MCM dreams. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. Next question comes all the way from Akron, Ohio, and Kristen is writing in. She writes, Hi Betsy, I've listened to your podcast for a few years now. I love hearing new design tips that I wouldn't have thought of. Now for my design dilemma, I'm having trouble picking out rugs for my living room and dining room. They are open to each other and to the kitchen, so I would like them to complement each other. I have a lot of wood going on, but my boyfriend likes it, and I do think it makes the space feel warm and cozy. Speaking of cozy, I want my design to feel cozy transitional. I love neutral tones and natural elements in the transitional style, but I also like a pop of bold color every once in a while too. I've added some photos to show how my space flows, and I also want to mention that I plan on painting my dining room a dark green color. I have it swatched next to the mirror in one of my pictures. I tend to lean towards cooler tones in my decorating because of all the orange wood in hopes of balancing everything out i want to replace both rugs in my dining room and my living room i will attach a photo of both rugs i am thinking of a couple of rugs and i will show you and i would love your opinion i was thinking the darker design in the dining room and the lighter one in the living room but i would love to hear what you think all right well let's get into it kristen so thank you for sending these pictures it really helps to illuminate the situation and I'm just looking around here, looking around the pictures. For those of you who want to see Kristen's pictures, you just head over to YouTube, Affordable Interior Design channel. Yes, we have a channel on YouTube. You can see what I look like, right? You can look at my empty shelves and my undesigned cottage. You can hear me talking to Kristen. And hopefully, it will inspire you and illuminate this podcast even more. All right. So Kristen, let's get right to it. You're going to have dark green walls. And instead of it being like an emerald, I would say it's like a gray kelly green. It's not bright like grass, but it is that sort of grassy tone. But it's made subdued by like adding some gray. So it's almost like grass green chalkboard paint in the way that it feels sort of matte and deep versus bright and fresh I love the tone and I love that your home does have these wooden elements it does make it feel warm especially because the cabinets are that warm wood color so the trim tying in feels really nice the one thing that doesn't feel really nice to me and I know you didn't ask me this Kristen you're like Betsy just stick to the questions but I can't help myself the one thing I'm not loving is that you know part of the trim is white in this sitting room but the door itself is that orangey wood color it just doesn't look very high end it looks like you ran out of paint uh if you're going to paint the trim i highly recommend that you also paint the door that trim color and i think it will look much more elevated But in these other rooms, I can see that you did not paint the trim, and that is a okay, even if they open into each other. So the dining room has the wood trim, the kitchen has the wood trim, and I think, as I mentioned before, the cabinets bring it all together. You know, I was really stumbling and bumbling with my own house because there's a lot of wood trim, which makes it feel pretty dark because we're already in the middle of the woods. So sometimes we don't get a ton of natural light. So as it was kind of instructing the painters on what to do and what not to do initially I was like we are painting so much of this trim white I'm going to keep only a couple of rooms with the wood trim the ones I want to be really moody but everything else needs to be freshened and brightened and then as I was living in the house a bit more The wood just felt so special, so warm, so cozy and inviting, especially as these temperatures have been dropping. And I must say, I took that punch list that I gave the contractors and I crossed off trim. I was like, you know what? I don't want you painting any of this trim. I love it so much. And that was a big surprise for me. So the fact that I'm telling you to paint your door, it's not that I'm anti-wood. I just think it's not working in that moment. Uh, As for your question. I forgot your question already. So I'm going back to the email. I know it's been a long day. I've been working. I've been not sleeping. So let me just look at this. Oh, the rugs, the rugs, the rugs. Yes. So you've picked out two rugs and both of them have sort of a Southwestern pattern using a lot of diamonds and triangles Uh, One of them is quite dark and has like a deep brown, some gray, some orange. The other is much more neutral with a cream background and maybe a gray sort of uh, print, again, with those diamonds, those zigzags. So I love that stylistically they work together, but they're not exactly the same in the fact that the cream has a larger scale pattern. Now you're saying, Betsy... How do I mix patterns. Well, those of you who've been listening for a while or those of you who've bought my book on affordableinteriordesign.com, you know that we mix patterns by making sure that they're different scales, right? So we can have some small patterns, some medium patterns, some large patterns, but we want to make sure that in the same room we're not using multiple large, multiple medium, or multiple small. So it'll look more sophisticated if you keep a very strict color palette, right? You don't want to have all these different patterns with all these different colorways. Find your color palette using your inspiration piece, and then find patterns of different scales that incorporate those colors. So in a living room, you may have a pillow that has a very small chevron pattern. You may have a rug that has a large damask pattern, and you may have some drapes that have a medium floral. That would be a perfect way to mix patterns as long as they all share a similar color palette. Now, when you're doing rooms that open up into each other, whew, there is a burden, and in my house, I have my whole downstairs opens into each other. I have to be thinking in every room, how do I make this color scheme work in this room, but make it feel different? So I have a very tight inspiration piece that has inspired the entire color palette for the downstairs. And as I'm moving through the rooms, those 60, 30, 10 colors, that color palette that I'm using, the three tones that I pull from the inspiration piece, but I use in different doses, 60%, 30%, 10%, they are changing throughout the space. So in the TV room, I'm using navy and gold, uh, like that tamarind orange gold color. That is my 30%. The navy is my 60%. And I'm using pops of teal. As we segue into the living room, I'm flipping the script, right? So I'm still doing the 60% navy, but now I'm doing 30% teal, 10% tamarind orange gold. And then as we move into the dining room, I'm using it in even different ways with the head and the foot chairs being navy, more of that 30%, but I'm actually introducing a new color from the inspiration piece. So you just need to be really mindful that... These rooms all need to relate to each other without being exactly the same. If I use the same dose of those color palettes in the different rooms, the rooms are going to feel identical. Shouldn't the vibe of the movie room be much different than the entertaining, fun, lively energy that I'm expecting in the living room? My answer is yes. And the way to achieve that through wall color and other colors. Because the shape of the furniture may, you know, provide the style, but it doesn't necessarily provide the vibe, right? We can get the vibe through colors really quickly and easily. And also, patterns. Do I want this to be a space of energy or do I want to hang and lounge, right? So I love that you've been mindful of that. You know, Only one of these rugs has true Roy G BIV colors. The other one is just involving neutrals. So I would want you to be mindful that that kind of orangey color that's in one of the rugs needs to be used in that other room that's got the more neutral carpet so that we can maintain a cohesivity as we're moving throughout the space. But I think that as long as you're really clear on your style word, and really clear on your feeling word, and then very clear on your color palette, you really can't go wrong. That being said, I want to go to your two-word phrase really quickly, because you mentioned it's cozy transitional. These rugs do not at all say transitional to me. You know, they do feel very southwest. It does have kind of a different vibe. Maybe the cream one could read transitional, But it really depends what you put these with, because standing alone, I would have said Southwest. I maybe even would have said contemporary because Southwestern style is so popular right now that it could be considered quite contemporary. But I just want you to make sure that you've got a lot of clarity around that two-word phrase, because that's going to be something you need to hold on to throughout the entire downstairs or any rooms that open up into each other. And as you know, my two-word phrase that I'm holding on to throughout the entire downstairs is mid-century modern fancy or fancy mid-century modern. You can flip it. But upstairs, because none of the rooms open up into each other, each room has its own two-word phrase that's very different and does not need to feel cohesive with the other spaces. Kristen, I hope that helped. Was that a lot of information? Was that overwhelming? I just had so many feelings about your space, so many opinions. Guys, do you want to hear my opinion? Just reach out. Just send me. Well, don't send me an email. No, no, no. That's not the best way to do it. Just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Yes, that's the best way to do it. And you'll fill out the form that says, Betsy, I have a question for the podcast. There's a place to add your pictures and that will put you right in the queue so you will get answered next. If you email me, I'll be sad because emails Clog my inbox and are so overwhelming. But I love a good question form. So keep sending those in and have a great week. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, Bye.